welcome to another episode of the Women's Engineering Society Apprentice Board and today we're talking about changing careers into engineering and apprenticeships. I'm Elaine, I'm in my second year of a level six civil engineering apprenticeship. When I finish my five-year apprenticeship I will have a bachelor's in engineering and hopefully sit my professional review to become an incorporated engineer. Prior to this I was a full-time optometrist. Hello everybody, I'm Camilla and I'm on my second year in mechatronics apprenticeship with Amazon, based in Hemel Hempstead. And when I finish my apprenticeship in four years, I'll have the HNC, which is the High National Certificate in Mechatronics Engineer. And prior to this, I was a occupational health and safety nurse back in Brazil. So Camilla, why did you change industries? Back in Brazil, I was working for a private hospital and to grow within the company, I had to go to uni either way to study a proper graduate nursing or to do engineering and then uh, I specialized myself into health and safety. I decided to go into engineering because with that, it could give me the chance to step up even to a director within the company. So that's when I discovered and that's why I chose engineering. And then I fell in love with the mindset. There is no problem, only solutions for engineering. And uh, what about you, Elaine? I became very interested in the built environment and I started noticing things around me like bridges, motorways, just things that were in the cities that made my life a lot easier. And I also became very interested in how we could build for climate resilience and with the changing environment. I've always liked maths and physics, and I thought engineering would be a good mix of my soft skills, which I have in communication and teamwork, and combine those with technically challenging tasks. So we are both apprentices. Yeah. Yay. When you decided to change, what did you do next? When I decided to change, well, first in, in Brazil, I went to uni for a year. But coming back to UK, I had to do everything again, like maths, GCSEs and maths in English, because English was my second language. And then I went to college as well for a BTEC in engineering. That, coming back, coming out of a BTEC in engineering, and then trying to, what I'm going to do afterwards, I discover the apprenticeship. So that's why I picked an apprenticeship. I, I went, I researched online see what the company says about apprenticeships and then they were saying about is a very good way to get your practical side especially if you want to become a technician like the apprenticeship I'm doing is for technicians and get to know not just the theory but how to do things with your hands as well and then also earn some money and get the qualifications to do it so that that's why I chose I picked an apprenticeship what about you Elaine when the idea first occurred to me that I could change, I did a lot of research. I did a lot of reading first about engineering and what sort of work it would be. I spoke to a lot of engineers that I knew. Initially, I thought I would be too old to have an apprenticeship because they are traditionally pitched to school leavers or as an alternative yeah. to university for school leavers. And it was actually a friend's friend who was a civil engineer. And she was the one who said, I think it's worth considering. I looked at the university route and I went to college open days, I went to university open days and I had a similar problem to you, not exactly the same because I got my A-levels and GCSEs in the UK but some people told me that they were too old and would not count, <laughs> which was quite devastating. <laughs> yeah. 
So I looked at all these options and I think in the end, the university and college routes just weren't feasible. Yeah. Because I already have a degree, I also wasn't eligible for a student loan. So I didn't have the funds to pay for a whole new degree. So an apprenticeship worked quite well for me in that sense. Since I started doing it, the other things I didn't notice that were really good for me was working most of the day. And like what you said about learning on the job, I find much easier. I think having worked for 10 years full time, I'm so much more used to working and learning while working so I think going into full-time studies to get a degree that way wouldn't have worked for me anyway even if I could have gone to university yeah I think it's not just about the understanding the qualifications the the career you are studying is is about comprehending the behind when you do by hand when you you learn by practicing uh, every single day by doing the proper job you comprehend the 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 job different in a different way and then you can adapt to what suits you best. I also think when I'm working with my colleagues compared to when I go to university, they treat you differently. So like my supervisors and my managers are aware that I've already worked. Whereas when I go to university, I think you're treated a lot more like you've just come out of school because that's what yeah. they're used to. Yeah. So I think an apprenticeship for a career changer works better in that way as well. It does work. And then, like you said, you felt a bit when they told you your GCSEs and A-levels were a bit old. and then... Heartbreaking. <laughs> well, I, I took like a, well, let's get a bit more professional into, or um, how can I say, just refresh my brain with maths. English, I never had it before in Brazil. I only studied uh, Spanish and Portuguese. So... I took as a lesson, as a course, normal. It was it was very good for me to improve the language, the written, and everything. It really helped me with vocabulary. But not being able to get my qualifications from Brazil valid in here, it was a bit like, oh my god. <sighs> okay. This is interesting as well, though, because in the end, the university that I go to now did accept my qualifications, so that was okay. But you were essentially coming from no qualifications that were accepted. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. How was that getting those qualifications? How did you find that? So, yeah, I it took me a while. And then because when you go to open days and then you speak to admissions people, it's not very often you find somebody with an open mind and somebody who really wants to help you. So it took me like let's say a couple of years to find a coordinator tutor of an engineering course in college to see I was grown up I was working but he could see in me I knew what I wanted so he kind of opened the door and said okay no problem as long as you can get the student loan and then your approval for the college you 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 will start doing engineering and then in parallel i'll put you through college to do english and maths alongside engineering so he was the door open for me to get into college and then be able to do everything again there are a couple of really important points you've just raised there one was finding the right person which I think you just do by chance. Yeah. So the person I spoke to was a friend of a friend that I met at a party. Yeah. And you just don't realise who's going to be the person who's going to help you. No, you don't. But the other thing that I thought was quite interesting was that it is possible then, like it's hard work, 
but if you didn't leave school with the right qualifications then you can still get them anyway at this point yeah even if you don't if you didn't leave the school with the right qualification maybe sometimes you leave school you do something uh, you're so young you don't know what you want to do basically and mm. then late in life you discover your passion or something else you really are curious about and then you want to explore so that's why we're trying to uh, uh, put this word out and then tell people like it, it is able you can do we did and then it's just finding the right person and then getting in contact with us as long as we can help and then I think it, it is possible to change careers and, and, and do whatever age you are and an age stage in your life you are as well there were so many difficulties just to apply because no one from school was helping us i think yeah. when you're a school leaver you've got teachers who are there to support you people from professional institutes or companies might have gone into your school to talk to you about how to apply i did a lot of reading i read articles i read civil engineering books I listened to a lot of podcasts yeah, and I spoke to the Institute of Civil Engineers a lot. There's lots of advice available, but you do have to go out and find it, which isn't always easy. It's a bit of stubbornness, I think, with us both in that. Yeah. I don't know about you, but a lot of people told me it would be a terrible idea. Yeah, they tried to say that, but I was like, decided this is what I want to do. And then I'll go after whatever you say. <laughs> I think in your gut, you know what you're able to achieve and then how far you can go. Yeah, like in my that. mind, when lots of people said to me, this is a terrible idea, you, you don't know what the risks are, you don't know what you're doing. I was very much thinking, but you don't know what I can do. Yeah. You don't know what risks I've weighed up myself. Yeah. Everybody's situation is slightly different. Like, so even though we've both moved, the way we did it and the reasons we did it are completely different. Yeah. So when people said to me, this is a terrible idea, you shouldn't do this, I am just thinking, but you don't know what I can do. You don't know what my situation is. Yeah. It is scary. And it's hard. It, 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 yeah, it is scary. But if you, you still know inside yourself, if he, anything goes wrong, you know how you're hard worker, responsible, you're an adult, so you can go and find another way. You all. That's, I think that's the main thing of engineering is, is you always find a way. And then if there is no way, you might, you make the way, mm. <laughs> let's say, <laughs> let's put in that. And people tried to tell me and then I, I thought to myself, well, but I've changed countries. You've what moved a, a lot. <laughs> what is a changing career? So it won't take that much. Go on, where have a you lived? From Brazil to Spain, Spain, back in Brazil, back in Spain, Spain to England, England, Brazil, coming back here. So what is a changing career? Is it another challenge, another, another new path. I'm curious about to explore, so let's do it. One of my colleagues said to me, people think you should change jobs based on what job you want. But actually, the other way to think about it is to think about what you enjoy in your current job. Is there anything else you want from your job? And are there particular careers or roles that can do those things for you? One of the things we talk about sometimes are transferable skills. Yeah. I have a mentor at work. She's wonderful. 
And I said to her, I don't think I have any transferable skills. <laughs> I don't think my experience of 10 years at work is helping me at all. <laughs> and she said, you probably just don't notice it because you're already doing the things that you're doing. That is what happens to us, yeah. So I had to sit down and have a think about what I thought my transferable skills are. And that was a difficult task. I don't know if you've done it. Have you ever tried doing it? No. But do you just, want to do it now? Just hearing you saying I was like trying to think in the back of my brain and says transferable skills. And then I thought to myself, this this week, actually yesterday happened another apprentice here just we were uh, having participating of the main meeting in the morning with the managers and then they were speaking about being proactive and then he approached me very quietly and asked me what is proactive being proactive Ooh. and I was like oh my god yes. <laughs> we do that it's kind of natural comes up because you've been doing for so long I think for me, it was taking responsibility for your own work yeah. and without thinking about doing it. Already I was thinking, well, this is something ownership. that I'm working on, so I want it to be good. Yeah, ownership. You have something, you see something, you ownership, you take that the responsibility of your own work. And then when I, when I replied to this, I know that he's very young, and then I said, proactive is you act on your own if you see a job. Don't wait until somebody else is asking you to do that job. If you think you're qualified, you've been trained, or if you want to, if you are still willing to learn something new, be proactive and then ask somebody, look, I haven't, I haven't been trained, but would you train me so I can do that by myself? That is being proactive. And I feel like I just need to interject here and say, Camilla is in no way saying that school leavers are not proactive. <laughs> this is just an example of where she has been proactive. We do not think school leavers are not proactive. No. I think that's fair, isn't it, Camilla? I think, but yeah, I, think, I know what you mean. Yeah. You're just, we're so used to just doing things. Yeah. And this is one of those soft skills that you acquire in your yeah. first career yeah. that you can take through. That yeah. isn't necessarily engineering related, but you can take it through to another job. Yeah, you always can take like safety as well. Like we used to uh, care about people because we are both in healthcare. And then the way we care about people nowadays is, is kind of different in, in, in a way. they Instead of uh, caring about um, trying to get their health better, and then it's, now it's caring about don't don't get any hurt or don't get how can I put that as their safety how you, they can work in an environment more in in a safety way another thing that I think that I do in this job that I carried over from my other job is what I call professional plate spinning oh, so I it's managing lots of tasks at the same time multitasking multitasking <laughs> There's a fancy way to, to call it. And lots of people in lots of yeah. jobs do that. And that is a transferable skill to something else. It is. Yeah, it is. In my doing mechatronics apprenticeship, you have to, how you say, professional... Plate spinning. Plate spinning. Yeah, a lot. Because you get given some projects and some preventive maintenance to do daily. 
and also you have callouts for breakouts so you have to see which one is the most emergency you need to solve it first and then get that done. I was reading a lot about people who had considered changing their jobs during the pandemic. I don't know if you had anything about that. So for different reasons, some people just didn't like their jobs anymore. For some people, their jobs didn't exist. And that was quite sad. I think I think it's not just liking their jobs anymore. I heard about that people are giving importance to different things. Mm. Like being happy is one of the things. It's not just what you do, it's in life in general. So if they might realize they're not happy at work and then they want to change careers. And uh, a lot of people ask me in, in Amazon here, uh, the operative people, Oh, how can I join an apprenticeship? How can I change my career? And then they're like, even older than me. Yeah, because they know they can do it like we did. And it's just believing themselves. And then pandemic maybe is helping this people to realize. What is interesting is as technology changes, your jobs are naturally going to change, I think. I think this idea of a job for life isn't really a thing. I don't know if you agree with me. I do. I feel like with technology changing, then different jobs are going to come up and certain jobs will become obsolete. So actually, the things that we're doing in career changing in terms of learning new skills, upskilling and reskilling are actually relevant to most people. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah. And then I think it is upskilling and then getting up to date even with your own career things change i think that's one of the other things that if you're going into healthcare into engineering it works quite well because we're already quite used to doing continuing education so professional development and continually updating so you're aware of what's going on in terms of procedures and skills that's transferable into engineering because we all have to do continual professional development. And then also about the legislation, we have to be up to date all the time, not just in healthcare, but in engineering as well, because systems change, material change, and then health and safety legislation change about any procedure and how to do things. So yeah, that's another skill that you can take from another job that is very important in engineering. Yeah. So there, there are so many transferable skills you can bring from other fields into engineering if you were thinking. I think it would be good to talk about the challenges, not just in applying, but after we've started. <laughs> I will go first. Yeah. I found it really hard when I joined the company and everybody that I worked with was at least 10 years younger than me. <laughs> And somebody didn't believe me when I said I used to have a phone that didn't have a camera on it. I remember that era. <laughs> so that was my first challenge. Uh, that that quite worked quite well for me. Yeah, people they were like, "Oh my god, you you're very older than me." And then not just in, in college, most of them are younger than me. Like I said. And then 10 years, or even more than 10 years, there is a girl, she's 20, so he's like 18 years young <laughs> than me. And then at work, and then, yeah, the majority is my age below, and then it's just a few of them are older than me. Uh, I think it quite worked very well for me. I, I didn't have bad experience uh, on aging. It is better now. I think it was a shock to the system. I don't know why I wasn't expecting it, but I was surprised. And I found that quite difficult. 
the system is used to get apprentices age-wise between 18, 16 and 21. And then we were over that. <laughs> Much older. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't really considered how much of the, like, my life would change, and especially when I had to adapt my finances to an apprentice salary. I was adapting anyway because I had to stop working as a full-time when I joined college. So I had to adapt anyway to that. And I, I thought to myself, oh, I'll just carry on for another four years. And when I joined the company, they were like, oh, we got benefits for you, like housing, personal mileage we're, we're going to pay, and then plus food allowance per day. And then I was like, wow, I was really planning myself to yeah pay to pay myself for those things. and I'm getting extra so it was like very nice (laughs) so it's worth if you're moving into an apprentice job to look into different things you can get from your company as an apprentice yeah and in this company you get similar not similar you get less than the ones that are already qualified and uh, the job yeah but not low not the minimum one let's say for uh, people over 24 which is the minimal wage yeah uh, anyway so so you get more than that plus the company offers you a lot of benefits so i travel up to coventry i'm in hemel hempstead and then i travel up to coventry for college in the block release they put us into a hotel room for the whole week with a certain amount of money per day for you to buy your own food they give you like personal mileage as well allowance so you don't have to worry about that and then also you don't have to worry about your financial being affected with those extra things you go out on site quite a lot don't you you're quite hands-on yeah. i very much prefer to sit at home and be in in my office <laughs> sort of engineer if I'm not in block release, which is a week in college, uh, I'm on site every day as a normal technician. But it's on the warehouse, working all the time. That is one of the challenges, being able to find yourself in a huge warehouse. When you hear, barely hear on the radio, oh, go to that area and then you have a problem, a breakdown, something to do, a motor is failing or a roller is making a noise and then you what area is that? It's so big and then... You can bring that as a challenge as well, because having to find yourself in a huge environment where you don't know. I think that's one of the other, we're going back to our transferable skills, (laughs) is being able to adapt to these things. When you're used to working in lots of different environments, you've lived in lots of places, I've worked all over the UK, actually being able to make those rotations to different places is helpful in your engineering work. I I would say, yeah, and then it makes you more flexible to adapt and then to get used to the environment and then how things uh, work in a workplace more easily and more fast, let's say. Have you had any moments where you thought, yes, this apprenticeship is cool? (laughs) I did. (laughs) It's every day that day for you. This is kind of every day because every day you have something different to deal with being on site is not is, is a bit different than being in office in an office you i think you can do your routine you can being able to be to program your day you know organize your day better on site and then having to those call outs as a breakdown which you, you have to reschedule the whole day as well if you have a big problem 
to yeah. solve it. And then that I found impressing. And then it's like, oh, I love this. This is this is a good change. That's what I want to do. For me, my company did a lot on the trams. And I remember thinking, wow, I know someone who did that. <laughs> and then I moved to the rail civils team. So I do a lot of like rail bridges now. Yeah. And when one of the bridges that I worked on went up and I got the photos, I mean, my part on the project was very, very small, but still I thought, that's cool. I worked on that and it's new and it's been built. Yeah, this is, this is makes very us- very excited. Yeah, this makes us, wow, yeah. One of my friends suggested we do a tour of the bridges that I've worked on. And you can think about if you if you have your Amazon package being delivered. So, wow, Camilla kept the machinery for twenty four <laughs> hours running, perfect in time. But I think that's the thing that we're talking about. How I started to think about why our buildings don't fall down, why our like underground systems don't collapse. But actually, yeah. when you get packages delivered, somebody has been working. You has been working on the machines to get those things out and it's so easy not to think about them but once you start to think about them it's a home of a whole world yeah. that you might not then, have known before yeah it's not just about the delivery guy it's, yeah. it's about machinery machinery working as you should and then with productive you know task and then workload uh, so yeah maintaining them and then keeping them running for 24 hours I recently learned about how much work it takes to design a drain. <laughs> when you when you start thinking about them, there's like a lot of stuff that goes into it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of details. So you can always bring some challenges, learn more with them. Don't take. That's one of the things I like about being an apprentice and engineering as well, is that everybody's learning. Yeah. It's an environment where you're encouraged to do more learning. So even yeah. my line manager will say he's still learning. My seniors as well, they, they always say that to me. Even if they've seen a problem in the same conveyor, but the problem oh, never is the same problem. It's always something new happening. So it's a daily learning process, we can say. And then in engineering, even if you got lots of challenging things, you don't take to the bad side, to the bad way. And then you always try to bring up some positive thing you might learn with those challenges. You can stretch yourself, you can improve yourself, you can get better and more specialized. So that's what I say. And then... So just to close, if you have any more questions, if you're interested in, in Get in contact through Wes and through the podcast, email us, text, LinkedIn as well. So you can find us and get in contact as the same way we are interested in each other's career path, different difficulties, challenges, transferable skills, why we pick friendship. We are interested in your opinion and in your career path change as well. Yeah, so we would love to hear from other people who have done a similar thing or are thinking about it. If you've done a similar thing, please let us know so we don't feel so alone. <laughs> it would be great to hear from you. Bye. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, I'm Camilla. I'm a Megatronics and uh, Engineer Apprentice uh, for Amazon. And today with me is Jessie.
She's also uh, an RME um, engineering technician for Amazon. Hello, Jesse. Hello. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Okay. So uh, let us know about a brief, just a brief explanation of what you do today, uh, your daily basics at work. Uh, so basically, we're um, a MOD site that produce books. Um, so our main job is for any breakdown radio calls to go and fix and maintain those machines that build them. Perfect. Uh, and then the type of books you, you mentioned before to me, and is any type? Uh, it's pretty much uh, most types. Just we, we don't do hardback uh, books at our site. That's the only one. Okay. First question I've got for you is um, why do you choose to become an engineer? Uh, engineering lends itself to my preferred kinesthetic method of learning. Um, I have a real passion in understanding the mechanics of how the world around me works, um, as I believe everything we encounter every day is some degree of engineering involved. Okay, that's a really good answer. The second question I've got is. Um, what made you to go for an apprenticeship instead of a university at the beginning? So I feel with that, um, I, I do still plan to go to university. Um, okay. The circumstances did dictate the apprenticeship route for me, um, but this did allow me to work and learn to gain the experience and employment at the same time as getting my qualifications that I required. So yes. it was kind of the best decision. Yeah, and then I, I feel that, that the same way as well. Another one is, uh, what were you and your experiences during the apprenticeship? See, I've, um, I've had both positive and negative experiences during my apprenticeship. Um, the ne negative aspect uh, included reluctance in my full participation in everyday engineering works, primarily due to my gender. Um, but I would like to add that this time of occurrence is less pre pre prevalent and more recently I'm happy to say non-existent non at Amazon. Yeah. Uh, the positives the positives are more um, when you encounter other females within the industry the support and opportunity for growth offered is amazing. I think everyone kind of sticks together which I think is really nice. Yeah it is really nice. And then the main questions we for this uh, interview is What's one thing you wish you knew when you started your career? I wish, I wish I knew how much I would have to prove my ability. I feel as a female engineer, your ability, qualifications and competency is in question. Being a female in a gender biased industry, my skill level, level was under question a lot of the time when first starting out. However, Having had the chance to prove my experience and skill set to the team, I have been able to reflect equality in my work. Yeah, I think if I kind of knew that I'd have to prove so much and have to put, like, be pushed down to push back so much, I think it would have made it a bit easier. That, that's a good point. Having to prove every time your skill sets and then yourself and then your knowledge, not just made you to learn more as well? Yeah, definitely. I think also of having to try and prove yourself a bit more, you, you do work a lot harder in the background where people don't see. So I do feel that, well, for myself, definitely, I've learned a lot more quite quickly because I've, I've, I've pushed for it because I wanted to prove that I, I am capable, especially at the job I'm at now. 
the the lads here are, are brilliant. I'm very very equal here. They don't they don't see me as just a, a female. It's, it's really it's really amazing the way you appear because uh, proving yourself and proving your knowledge sometimes it, it it's not just a bad thing. It, it can be a good thing because it pushes harder and then we become um, specialists. What is your biggest hit hint or tip now for a new engineer female apprentice? Uh, there, there, you know, there's so many that <laughs> I, I would love to sort of say, but I think my biggest tip would be to be confident within your own ability to do the job coming off of the last question and to not give up on the negative opinions of females working in the industry. Because I feel if you don't get, if you don't give up, like we were just saying, you, you do end up going a lot further than the majority of people because you have pushed harder. Yeah, that's true. You pushed harder, you learn even more. The last one is, uh, have you had any standout uh, projects in your career? So, to be honest, I'd probably go with the one here. So, I'm, I'm currently implementing a CBM project for our site. Um, and our site is planned to become the largest POD facility for Amazon in the world. Yeah. So, it's going to be quite interesting. But the, um, the CBM project... What it is, is it uh, keeps track of the vibrations of the bearings around site to be able to calculate the life expectancy, which will eventually stop breakdowns by predicting them before they fail. Just to clarify, CBM is, is considered condition-based monitoring, um, and then it's, it's so important for preventive maintenance. Yeah. So I've had I've had to source sort of sensors, ultrasonic equipment, scheduled test routes, um, allowing the collection of data to then upload onto the software. So it's um, it's quite a big project. It's um, the first time we're doing it, obviously, for ourselves here. Okay, great. Jesse, it's lovely to meet you, to talk to you about your experience. Thank you yeah, so thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.